Hey there, welcome to The Bridge. This podcast is brought to you by the SOI Foundation. We're known as the organization that takes youth from around the world on life-changing expeditions to the polar regions and places in between. But expeditions are only the tip of the iceberg, pun intended. The great thing about our programming, whether we're at the polls or online, or even on this podcast, is that we bring people together, youth, elders, artists, educators, and industry leaders, to learn from one another and have great conversations. In today's podcast, you'll hear from SOI Antarctica alum, Terry Noah, share all about life in Greasefjord Nunavut and how his adventure business and country food business have taken off. He will also talk about food security in the North. I'll let our host, Kevin, take it from here. Welcome to the SOI Bridge Podcast. My name is Kevin Huo, a 2015 Arctic SOI alumni, uh, and I'm here uh, talking to you and speaking to you on the lands of Alaska Native Nations uh, here in Fairbanks on the Trothiata campus uh, located at the ancestral lands of the Denao people of the Lower Tana River. On today's episode of the SOI Bridge, we will be talking about Arctic food security with Inuk guide, hunter, and business owner, Terry Noah. Terry Noah is from Asutik, uh, also known as Grease Ford, and, and it has another name to it. So we'll, we'll talk to Terry about that more. But uh, Terry is a SOI Antarctic alumni. And, uh, you know, as I've heard and we as we will hear today, Terry is a person of many talents. Terry, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? Uh, thank you. Um, I'm doing good. How about you? You know, it's it's a little cold up here in Alaska, but uh, still still manageable. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we're we're making it through. Um, but yeah, Terry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm Terry Noah. I'm a student on ice alumni for the Antarctic expedition in 2009. I'm from Greasefjord, 28 years old, and uh, yeah, I'm here ready to talk more. So you mentioned Greece Fjord just now and Asutik, um, and we've talked a little bit about it, um, and 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 I, I've did some research on it initially. But I heard it's the place that never melts. Um, could you explain what uh, what what is that, and wh- why did we get that from? It sounds a little weird, but up here it's in the summer. It stays pretty cold all year round, so. They, they gave it that name because the mountains here keep the snow and ice all year. It doesn't, it doesn't melt. So that's why it's called the place that never melts. Yeah. I, I love that name. And, uh, it definitely does, um, you know, make it seem like a whole nother world out there. But, um, Terry, could you tell us a little bit maybe of what uh, Greece Fjord is like uh, living there and, um, maybe where it is geographically. So Greece Fjord is, uh, one of the most northern communities in the world. It's at the very top of uh, Canada on a little island called Ellesmere Island. It's on the south side of Ellesmere Island. There's about 140 people living here. It's pretty isolated. Far away, it seems like you feel small sometimes, but it's a very friendly community. Everyone is very welcoming, so it feels, it feels like home. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's, uh, what, what else to it? I mean, that's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think a little bit about here in Alaska as well. The the furthest northern uh, city is Utiagavik, uh, or as known as Barrow, and I know some folks there too. And we we chat about it and the experiences you had. But I think we should probably dive into what our uh, the topic of our podcast today. But um, so I heard you have your own guiding business. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what that is? So I own an outfitting guiding company. Um, I call it Outfit of Adventures. Uh, we guide clients from wildlife photography to landscape tours, maybe even scientists doing workout on the land. I started it in 2019 and so far everything's looking really good. There's clients booked for the next few years and yeah, it's, it's working out. Could I ask Terry, uh, maybe as a follow-up, uh, what inspired you to start this business? Um, it definitely seems like a, a great avenue and opportunity for you to kind of bridge uh, the gap, um, you know, and, and allow to show people and respectfully your home. Um, what was the inspiration behind it? Uh, ever since I was young, I've always wanted to find a way to work out on the land. You know, I haven't really enjoyed being in an office from previous work. So I decided to try figure out a new way I could make some income while enjoying it at the same time. Also, there's no daycare up here. So our kids would be home and both of us can't have a nine to five job. So I needed to figure out, you know, a business that I can have my own schedule with and that I enjoy doing. So I decided to try to start this uh, touring company. And I really enjoy it. To any of our listeners who are interested maybe in visiting you and maybe joining Asutik Adventures, um, you definitely share some more information with us later on. Um, but what what is an example, like a, a good day uh, <laughs> of guiding us through Asutik, an example? So far, uh, I haven't done much guiding since I started the company because of the pandemic. All of the all the clients that I have booked for the next few years have been delaying because they can't travel into Greece Fjord or into Canada. But a good day is a whole day out there with beautiful weather, good company, and uh, good food and finding what we're looking for. That, that would be a good, a perfect day for a guiding. I'm excited and, and, and uh, hopefully to all of those that booked with you, they'll, they'll join you soon. Um, speaking of food, um, you know, Terry, you, you, you're blowing me away. You're not just a singular talent. You don't just have one business. You have another business as well. And I believe you have a country food business. Um, so beyond wanting to escape an office, <laughs> you love food. <laughs> How come? And I think we all know the answer to that, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you know, guiding is not an all year round business. There's seasons on it. So I, I needed to also figure out what I can do in the meantime when the guiding season is, is not open. I love hunting. I'm always out hunting. So I, I decided 
why not start a country food business, like a butcher shop, provide, you know, traditional food in other ways, like cut them into steaks or, or in, grind them up, make jerky. And from watching Facebook, I noticed there was a lot of people asking where to get country food. And so I decided maybe it's a good idea. I could start hunting since I'm always hunting. See if there's a opportunity for selling country food. And so far that has really, really been successful. So I think it's going to continue for many years. Yeah, I love that you took uh, an issue within your, your community or, uh, you know, a need, a want, um, and made it into a, a successful business. And that also pairs with something um, that you love. I, if there's that saying, Terry, I think maybe you've heard of it, but uh, they say, like, if you love what you do, if you're passionate about what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And Terry, you're living it. So uh, I think that's the best way to say it. Um so your butcher shop, uh, we've heard that you've also had some new upgrades. Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what it's like um, also like creating a butcher shop and, and you know, kind of pr producing, which is, of course, hunting, but then also selling it to, to different people. How does how does that transaction work? So my butcher shop was, took a couple of years to get all the equipment that I have now. But it's a, it's a little building, fiberglass building that my father purchased. And since it's insulated, I figured it would, I could keep it warm throughout the winter. With that, I decided to get equipment also like vacuum packers, dehydrators, meat grinder, a bandsaw, and all those things. And also, I just recently waterproofed the floor so it's easier to mop, clean up all the mess afterwards. But yeah, so I, I go out hunting and I catch the animal and I bring it back to my butcher shop, process it the way I want, and then package it. Then I usually post it on my Facebook page. It's called Aosito uh, Adventures. And from there, people can message me to tell me what they would like to buy. And from there, I could ship it anywhere in Nunavut where Canadian North flies. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so we're, we're talking also about, um, yeah, you know, the, the business that you have, the, the, the very it's a very entrepreneurial activity. And it, it's really interesting. Um, I was hoping you could talk a little bit, Terry, um, you know, for those who may not know anything about the Arctic, um, can you explain a bit about food insecurity and the problems that Arctic communities face? For food, we we only have one store here, a little store. It's called the Koa. In order to get our food and produce, they all have to be flown in by a small little airplane, a twin otter. And there's only two flights a week. So with uh, 130 people in one store, sometimes the food starts to get low, low in the store. So that's not, you can't always get what you want. 
also it's really expensive for the food to be flown in just the freight costs are really high so the food costs also at the store become expensive we, most people can't really afford those prices sometimes so i decided maybe selling country food at a low price would be good there's also things like the nutrition north program and QIA is also starting programs to hire Inuit to hunt for the community. You know, I think, I think, Terry, about uh, the conversations I've similarly had with, with folks here in Alaska um, from Utia Gavik, right? Um, and maybe you correct me if I'm wrong here, Terry, but, uh, you know, I've heard, you know, you know, if you want to buy a watermelon, it'll cost you 30 US dollars, right? Um, if you want to buy certain things, if you want to ship things, um, not only will it cost a lot with the freight, but then you'll have to wait for it to be actually manually purchased and then shipped and then shipped again. Um, so the wait time as well. Um, and then even in winter, sometimes it may be very difficult for, for folks to get to the place that you are at or where they are at. So um, yeah, definitely a tough, tough situation. Um, and it seems like you found an avenue <laughs> to kind of to work on yeah. that. We also mentioned a little bit about the North uh, Nutritional North program and the QIA programs. Um, what are some other ways that uh, maybe your community or you yourself are looking towards in solving this food insecurity issue? I, I haven't heard anything else happening yet with the, solving the food insecurity other than the Nutrition North and the QIA program so far. Yeah, everyone here also tries to hunt for their own food. So that yeah, everyone's working together, sharing their meat. So Terry, as, as I can tell, and as we discussed, um, both the Arctic food security issue, likewise with, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit of, of starting this Asutic Adventures, um, which is both very, very unique. Um, do you have any other businesses that you might start one day? As you know, when I, when there's clients coming up here, they always need um, accommodation, you know? And so far with my experience, I have seen a lot of uh, tourists and stuff that come up here. They always complain about the cost of the hotel. Uh, they they can't afford to stay at the hotel during the whole time they're up here. So I decided to make a plan to maybe start a camp, like a, you know, like a base camp in within the community. And it would have electricity and internet, but they would be staying in individual tents where they can sleep for a much lower cost. So I was thinking it could be called like Camp Ausuito. It'd be like a little camp accommodation business. Yeah, part of your your guiding and then your butcher shop, it's a whole package right there, uh, Terry. I, I yeah. love it. <laughs> um, Terry, I, I, I've been, yeah. There's going to there's gonna be some scientists I'll be working with for the next few years, and they'll be coming with university students all the time. And I think that would be a good opportunity to start the Camp Ausuito. Definitely. I'm excited um, to, to see it and hear more about it. Um, 
Terry, uh, so if anyone's interested in contacting you, so you said uh, there's a Facebook page uh, that uh, for Oswitic Adventures. Um, anywhere, any, uh, how else can we contact you if we're interested in your guiding our country food business if they wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, other than the Facebook page, there's also a website. I have a website called oswitcadventures.com. And on there, you could find my phone number and my email. And you could reach me and make a reservation through any of those. That's amazing, Terry. Terry, quick side note: I, you know, we're both students on ice alumni. Um, so I was, I went to the Arctic expedition. You were in Antarctic. Uh, why don't we take a moment? Just I don't know if you can remember an experience or a moment from your your expedition, uh, and maybe if you could share it with us. Uh, I think we all have one. Uh, <laughs> that's what all of us alumni feel. Um, any that pop to mind right now? Yeah, one of my uh, greatest memories is after riding the Drake Passage for two days, being being all seasick and staying in the room. The one of my best memories is um, that all of a sudden I woke up. We were in a it was calm. The ship was level, and there was Jeff talking on the on the intercom saying good morning and I walk out to the the deck and I saw my first penguins swimming out in the water yeah yeah that's always a good memory some penguins which you don't see uh that in the, in the far north right so not in Asuti yeah that's <laughs> yeah. some that's a fun fact that i came across the other day terry and, and uh you know i had some, some you know preschool kids ask me hey are there penguins in the north i said oh ask terry don't ask me so <laughs> um terry's seen it yeah and, and that's the beauty of what students on ice is and, and what the bridge brings to us so terry before we wrap up here today and thanks so much for coming on uh, is there anything else you'd like to to share with us today about either your community your businesses um and maybe food security i'm not sure but um i don't think i have anything else to add but i'd like to thank you guys for taking the time to contact me and helping me spread the word about my business. I really appreciate it. Of course, Terry. And so Asutic Adventures, see you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Terry, yeah. for coming on today. <laughs> you too, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bridge, brought to you by the SOI Foundation. If you want to learn more about Terry Noah's businesses, check out his Facebook page, Atsuik Adventures. If you are interested in hearing more episodes of The Bridge, follow us here to get notified when we release new episodes. Or check out our other content on soibridge.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on The Bridge.